Before we get started on episode 98 of our Dream Big mini-series, we wanted to give you a heads up about this episode. Yes, this episode is going to cover the topic of infertility, and so there's lots of ways, that, depending on who you are out there, that you could be responding to that. So if infertility maybe isn't something that you're currently struggling with, um, maybe you're not ready to have kids yet, it's still good how do you say it? Study for the test? Yes. Yes, it's good to have the knowledge in case you need it. Um, it's also possible that you're going to come across somebody that is struggling with infertility. And so then there are ways mentioned in this episode that you can be there for them or things not to do. Um, sometimes we have the best intentions, but it doesn't always go as planned. And then if you are in fact struggling with infertility, it might be hard hearing about it. But I hope you'll give the episode a listen because Carissa, our interviewee, yes, she references a lot of resources that um, helped her in her journey. And I won't spoil the ending. Um, definitely worth sticking around to hear. Not, uh, the path might not go as you are predicting it goes, but uh, I promise there's good at the end. It reminds me of Paul McDill's episode where he says, if it's not done, if it's not good, it's not done yet. And he's episode 51. But um, yeah, so topic is infertility and we think there's something in it for everybody. If you are not ready to listen to the episode, but you want to read up on it, it's wittyandgritty.blog forward slash dream big 98. Or you could even start out by listening to our mini series about vulnerability, which is episodes 28 through 38. So those are some different starting points if you're not quite ready to listen yet. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. All right, this is episode 98 of the Woody and Gritty podcast. We are in our Dream Big mini-series, and we are in our favorite part, the interviews portion, where we get real live humans to tell us what's going on, their story, and we tie it back into the principles of the book. So today we have Carissa Hancock. Thank you for coming on the show today. Woo, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so I worked with Carissa at my previous teaching gig, but for our audience that might not know you, Carissa, could you introduce yourself a bit for us? Oh gosh, okay. Um, my name's Carissa. I am a special education teacher. I've been teaching, I think this this makes my decade. Wow. This makes 10 years that I've been teaching. So I did recently Carissa some um, pictures of you in a wedding dress You've been married a while so what's the story it's so funny because for years I would not let him post those photos my husband's really into photography but um so we've been married seven years and um 
around the time that we, no, no, on the day that we got married, um, we changed our venue and stuff. There was just so many different things happening that I never actually got photos of me in my wedding dress. And it was just, I don't know, you know, it should have been a priority, but it, it just, it wasn't, I guess I was just too excited and cared more just about being married. But so, yeah, I just, I never really had photos of me in my wedding dress and regretted it after that. So then my husband and I just kind of started doing this fun project where um, I just started taking my wedding dress on trips that we would go on and I would just put it on and he would take my photo of me and my dress just wherever we were at the time. And it just like became this collage of photos that he just had. And so he posted them for our recent anniversary. That's really cute. I love that idea. Did do people like congratulate you? <laughs> like if they see you in your wedding dress? <laughs> no, I think if anything, they probably didn't recognize me because it's been a while since we've done it. And I look so young in the photos. I feel like, like, let's be honest. I don't, I don't fit in that dress anymore. <laughs> we don't take it anywhere anymore. <laughs> fabulous. fabulous. Thank you. It was fun. The book is Dream Big by Bob Goff. And it talks about like, who are you? What do you want? How are you going to get it? That kind of stuff. So one of the principles in there is finding a lasting ambition. What were your original thoughts on having kids or a family someday? And were y'all even looking to have kids right away? Not right away. We were definitely into traveling, but I mean, meeting my husband early on before, I mean, just from dating, I mean, I just very much knew I was like, he's going to be the father of my children. Um, and, but it was also one of those things where it was like, yeah, I like kids. I'm a teacher, you know, but I mean, it wasn't, kids were never like, oh my gosh, I have to have children. It wasn't until I met him that I realized like, yeah, this, this is what I want. And I want it with him kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, but we, we definitely knew that children was always, were, was always on the table and it was always in the books. Um, but you know, we enjoyed our younger 20 years kind of thing. And, um, yeah, but it was it was definitely one of those things where after about a few years of marriage, it was like, okay, let's let's do this. And kind of thing. We're, we're ready. We want to have kids. So at what point did you realize you were struggling there? Because I know sometimes it takes people three seconds to think about it and they're pregnant. And sometimes it takes three years and then finally they're pregnant. So when did you guys realize that maybe something wasn't quite right? That's a good question <laughs> because I feel like, um, it's kind of one of those things that it's easy to be in denial about. Um, I would say six months and I was really starting, it was really starting to burn in the back of my mind. But, um, and I, you know, I'd mentioned it to my girlfriends and they were just like, Oh, it's nothing, you know, like you're fine. Like you haven't been trying that long kind of thing. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I just kind of talked it up as that, but it was definitely, um, I knew when we were getting close to the year mark that I was like, something is, something's not right. Yeah. So when you started feeling that way, um, you mentioned talking to your friends, did you start doing some research? Did you speak to your lady doctor? Where do you go? So if somebody's like, oh my gosh, I've been trying for a year, maybe I need to start looking more into this. What would you, what did yeah, you Yeah. I mean, definitely the first thing is definitely talk to your doctor. And, um, and I kind of 
wish I had sooner um, because it was, I mean, not, not to put fault on my friends, but I mean, a lot of what they were saying was making me feel like, oh, I'm just being ridiculous about this. So I, I didn't really look into it kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, like I'm, my, I have a lot of family members that have struggled with infertility. So I think that also was just kind of like, it was just kind of always there, um, kind of floating in space kind of thing. But I mean, I just, it was never a huge concern, but until I started thinking six months into it and then was like, okay, something's wrong, something's wrong. And it wasn't until like, I, I said something to my doctor after a year and she just, the look on her face, I knew I was like, okay, something really is wrong. <laughs> Cause I could just tell from her face, like that. Yeah. We should have been pregnant by now. Doctors couldn't really tell us, you know, at the end of the day, what, what was going on, but, um, they wanted, see, see, this is, it's, it's kind of a weird story, <laughs> so, but basically, um, it was factors on both ends and it would require a surgery from him, me going through IVF. Um, but at the end of the day, fertility doctors that we were meeting with didn't want to um, take it on. They didn't think ethically we really had a shot. I think that's how I kind of ended up where I was with um, trying to find anything and everything um, that I could. Because I mean, I think I just got it in my head that like I, I could figure out the solution myself, um, Michael, <laughs> you know, and it was really, I mean, just grabbing on to anything that I could to figure out an answer. Um, I guess, cause when you're desperate and you just like, you don't know, like, it's just, it's just one of the, you just get on Google and you're just trying to search for whatever you could. And I was getting frustrated that there wasn't enough research on things when it comes to um, factors of infertility that, um, yeah, I think that's kind of why I got more involved overall was just, I realized that there just wasn't a lot of resources out there for people to figure out solutions, um, if that makes sense. Did anyone lovingly try to convince you that maybe there's other ways to have a family? Um, in the Dream Big series, it kind of talks about like, you know, this determination to see something through and a door closed doesn't always mean God's not telling you it's not in the cards for you, but that you got to go about it a different way. Um, were there discussions like that? Were there any points where you kind of were like, having a family is going to have to look maybe different? Um, again, anyone in your life that maybe was kind of like, why don't you let that go and go a different route? Everyone didn't really know what to say to us. Yet they were supportive, but I think more intimidated than anything else because what do you say like what I mean when at the end of the day like if a doctor's telling you there's a 10% chance that you'll ever have a healthy life baby I mean what what do you say I mean some people you know that don't know me that well would say out of the blue like oh well, just adopt kind of thing but um the people closest to us I think just 
they they were I would say more on the quiet supportive side they 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 just knew how hard it was um I think part of it too is at with all of our friends my husband and I we'd been married way longer than um the majority of them and so I think it was just kind of hard on them to you know to their lives and their families are all getting started and we're kind of left you know we're still at this starting line and but they know that we've been trying and I don't want to say they felt shame but it was just it was very you could tell it was hard on them and they just didn't really know what to say to us um they were always scared to tell us if they were starting their family or anything like that um same with our family or immediate family like I mean we just yeah they just always had a hard time it was a lot of being danced around I would say is that what you would recommend to somebody that's loving someone through that um I definitely appreciated if they told me a certain I mean I didn't ever want to be blindsided like when the group of people that's definitely I would say no one wants that to be like surprise you know and they definitely would call me or do something privately to let me know um yeah versus making a shebang about it which I really appreciate and as far as everyone else I know struggling with infertility um yeah don't (laughs) don't blindside them with that kind of news it's it's hard it's hard to hear yeah so like not inviting them to a dinner at the house and then surprise at the dinner party in front of a group of people were pregnant and then you're going through all those emotions in front of a big group of friends. So that's yes. great advice. I wouldn't have thought of like calling and kind of giving a heads up on the side. Prior. Yeah. So how are you and your spouse able to support each other through this time? We had to have a lot of very difficult conversations, but I think we definitely um, became stronger in our marriage because of it. I mean, we've had conversations that most couples would never even have to dream of having. And so it's, um, I mean, infertility is a burden in so many different ways, financially, just one of them. But also, I mean, we had to sit down and have that conversation of what if we don't have children? You know, what what does that look like? Um, first and foremost, we, we always knew that no matter what, like, we belong together. And that was the main thing. It was hard having those conversations of where do we go from here and um, leaning on each other. Um, We had my Nana pray over us one day, which was um, very emotional. Um, But it's just, I mean, we tried to do things and do house projects and things like that to distract ourselves (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, But it just, it was hard. And he, he knew I was struggling with it a lot. And um, I mean, we even spoke to therapists about it because I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's grief. Um, And so, I mean, we, we struggled for years. I don't know if I, I said that yet, but I mean, it was three years that we were going through this. And so, um, yeah, we, we just, we tried to stay busy. It got to a point where anytime we were celebrating an anniversary or a birthday or a holiday, we just made sure we were traveling (laughs) and we got our dog, we got our golden retriever. (laughs) 
it helps a lot. <laughs> that you described it as grief, which that's a really accurate description that someone might not be able to understand because it's not like you had a child and lost them, but the idea, the concept, um, and the birthdays and anniversaries, yeah, like those are markers of time and grieving a time that's passed and that's a loss. And so describing that time period as being in grief is like that rings true and I can, you know, recognize that for sure. I like that you also talk about how because of the time markers, that means it's coming in waves as well. We love that you mentioned therapy. We're very pro-counseling here. So we really like that you talked about not avoiding those feelings. You faced them. You talked about it with someone who had training who could steer you in the right direction. But you also had that balance of, okay, let's get a breath of fresh air. Unless mm-hmm. it's something that is fun for us that we love to do together. So you're able to have both and enjoy both. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's important, anyone struggling with infertility, I mean, it's, you go through stages of grief constantly, um, and it, it really, really helped having an infertility therapist to just, I mean, it really hone in and understanding um, how we're feeling and what we're dealing with. And they, I mean, they, yeah, know exactly how to guide those conversations that are very difficult to have. Yes. And another thing that you pointed out that I just want to make sure the audience heard too, is you're still living while you're waiting, whether the house projects or strategically traveling at certain times, but um, (laughs) because um, I was also fortunate enough to end up on the other side of this with a child and the time with my first two or my oldest, like I wouldn't have got it back if I didn't actively try to live in the, in the waiting period. So that's something that I've stressed to people too. You might not always want to get up and go do all the things, but you know, really making yourself get up and live while you're waiting. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Hearing that. And, and I mean, it was hard for a while. There was a time, you know, I, I had to avoid family. I had to avoid friends. I was just in a very dark place by myself and, I mean, infertility changed me completely as a person. Um, I, I lost a lot of joy um, and it was hard to find that back. And I, I would say, I think that was when my friends really were trying to pull me out um, and try to help keep me busy and do other things is when they noticed, you know, that, oh, because I'm, I'm not a reserved person. I'm a pretty social person. And so um, they noticed pretty soon that it was how it was affecting me and so they were trying their best to keep my mind off of it yeah okay so let's get to like the good stuff now (laughs) you've said great things but where does this story start to change for you so um after we had gotten our diagnosis and found and, and I basically just knew nothing, I started, you know, just getting on Google, trying to research anything that I could about infertility. And in the process, I found out that there were support groups out there. And so I um, I reached out to the local one here in Dallas and heard back from them. They do this session where they make sure they ask you a series of questions to make sure that you're actually a right fit. And then you can join a support group where um, I learned all sorts of information about just 
different types of fertility treatments and doctors that are in the area and people who just finally related to what I was going through. And so um, I was attending these meetings and from there learned about different types of fundraisers that were happening. And so um, I would get involved with the fundraisers or um, advocacy programs that were happening to try and help with our laws. But from there, I got involved in a particular fundraiser called Walk of Hope. And um, in this fundraiser, there was a doctor that was giving away a fertility treatment um, to someone who was helping raise money. And I happened to win um, this fertility treatment um, with Dr. Duty. Um, it's a husband and wife team out uh, and their practice is care fertility out in Bedford. Um, and it was in the midst of already trying treatments with another clinic and we were not being successful at our treatments. And so we thought, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. They have um, a new type of fertility treatment, which is called InvoCell. And it was kind of like, it was a free treatment, but it was also like a trial basis. You know, it was like a clinical study as well. We did it and had great success with it. <laughs> it was, it was definitely a crazy turning point for us. So it was a, a major, 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 major shock. <laughs> Mind you, this was our fourth fertility treatment that we had in, endeavored at this point. And so um, we really didn't know if it would work or not. It, it was kind of just like, if it does, it does. But at this point, I mean, grabbing at straws. <laughs> just, so yeah, it worked. Yeah. So along the way from the point where you got involved with the foundations to all the way to where you were, where you are now, were you able to celebrate the little wins along the way or was it just you struggled the whole time or where, how did you find that joy in all of that? Yeah, I would say it wasn't until we won that fertility treatment that I felt like, because at that point, I mean, we were doing fertility treatments. And so it was like, is it going to work? Is it going to work? I'm taking all these fertility meds. I'm feeling like crap, you know, <laughs> and is it going to happen this time? And we'd find out it didn't work. And it was just like, I kind of got into this, this mindset where I didn't want to have hope because it was better to just not think about it versus um, hoping that it was going to happen um, and I mean, mine were thousands and thousands of dollars in the hole at this point, you know? So the fact that, um, the fact that we won this treatment that is an expensive treatment to do, um, and we didn't, we weren't going to have to pay for it. That, that alone was just a huge blessing. Um, and so that was a win for us. That was a major win. Um, getting to do that. And we were very excited at the opportunity. Um, and yeah, doing my retrieval that it, it just, it's, it, things just kind of slowly started feeling like they were falling into place. If that, I mean, at the time I didn't realize that, but looking back on it, I would say that's what it seemed like now. I'm like crazy things. I feel like kind of started happening, I guess for a reason. 
you know, like things that you just kind of can't explain, like being, being able to have won this, you know, it's kind of funny because part of the reason why I won is because of, um, the, the event got rescheduled and the first event had a ton of people that were going to be there that I was going to be up against to win this and it got rained out. And so the likelihood that I would have won it at this first event, it's probably not very likely. <laughs> so then it got rescheduled and there weren't as many people there and I won. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, Literally I don't know. To have the rain to get the rainbow. <laughs> yes. It just kind of, yeah, it just felt like things just started kind of happening for a reason. Okay, so you get your embryos. Is this an IVF treatment where then you put multiple in? Or what's the strategy there? One embryo at a time or? Yeah, just one at a time. Yeah, and so that's what we did. We just, um, well, actually the pandemic hit. (laughs) is what happened in the middle of all of this um COVID just started coming out and and we didn't we were not really sure what to do um we were being advised to stop our treatment um which was really hard um when you're especially in the middle of taking all these medications and um all that to have to give all that up and to feel like you're so close um it was really hard, really, really hard. Um, so I actually reached out to my infertility therapist <laughs> who um, talked some reasoning into me. It was, was a little voice in my head at the time. And um, she said, you know what? She's like, I think that you can fight back on this and get your treatment finished. Um, at the time, there wasn't enough out yet with COVID to really say they couldn't really say yet or not that they they were going to pull the plug. And so, um, I jumped on it and was able to get, um, my treatment finished before all the clinics got shut down. Um, which I'm telling you, it's, it's weird how things just start to line up. Like (laughs) just looking back on our timeline, like things just really oddly were just lining up for us. It seemed like, and so that was one of those things that it was just like, we just, we just slid right in there, um, which I'm very grateful for because there was a lot of people that I knew at this point in my support group that had to have their treatments canceled um, and had to wait months and months to uh, be able to get started back up. And so we were very, very fortunate. We found out from that one embryo that the unexplained happened my nana prayed way too hard for us I think and my embryo split and um, we had identical twins from that so my my husband wasn't with me at the time because of COVID and um, it was just just one of those things that you know just can't be explained I feel like it's just at that point it was like okay God this is in his hands it's just so crazy that, you know, after everything that we endured, but um, that it came down to this, that, you know, we got this free treatment and out of this free treatment, put this one embryo in and science can't even explain identical twins, you know, how this happens, you know, they can only speculate and the likelihood of this happening is a 0.97% chance 
which is less than a 1% chance of ever happening. And it happened. And it was, um, it was very emotional. It was very emotional. So we were very, very excited. And the best series of phone calls ever of your whole life, probably after that. Oh yeah. Like, (laughs) Nana, guess what? Nina, I'm going to Yeah, well, no, we definitely, um, we wanted to wait and tell as many as we could in person, which was, of course, hard with COVID, but at the same time, like, kind of a blessing because I got to just kind of, <laughs> once again, I'm telling you, it's like COVID, I mean, I don't want to say thanks COVID, but at the same time, like, COVID helped me be able to just kind of stay put because it was a high risk pregnancy at that point with, with twins. Um, and so it helps me be able to just stay put and stay safe at home. Um, but yeah, we, we, um, got to tell a lot of close friends and family in person, which was very emotional. And we actually recorded a lot of reactions (laughs) because, We just, I mean, you can't pass up that opportunity. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Looking back, you talked about the power of reflection and seeing how like God came through this whole time with this crazy lineup of events. So if you could go and talk to yourself when you were down in the valley, what kind of encouragement would you give yourself in those moments? Because we do have listeners who are currently in the valley. So what would you say to those people? You've mentioned having a hard time finding joy, finding the hope. You didn't feel like it. So what would you tell those people right now? And and it's hard because, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be that person to say, you know, you will have a child that will happen for you because it's, um, you know, that having that false hope is, is, is really hard, you know, and it's, it, it is such a grief and sometimes people don't get that at the end of the day and um, they have to find that new journey that they're going to go on and um, but what I think is most important is having that communication with your spouse um, seeking um, others that are going through what you're going through finding support it's if, if I hadn't found that support like of other people that were going through, uh, what I was going through. I, I just, I don't know how I could have done it alone. And it's not something that people have to go through alone. Infertility is everyone knows someone going through infertility. It's on the rise. It's, um, one of those things that, um, is happening in our world for who knows what reason, but, um, I don't, it's hard to say what I would have told myself because I don't think that version of me wanted to hear those things. You know, they, I I couldn't hear that it will get better. I couldn't hear all those things um, because it was just, it was too hard. Um, I definitely would have been in disbelief if I had said, Hey, you're going to have identical twins in the future. It's okay. You know, (laughs) I definitely would not have believed that. (laughs) It's, it's, it's hard to say what, what exactly it is. Cause I mean, some of it, you kind of have to just live out that journey. You know, you said great advice, communication with your spouse. And you said, you got a therapist and you found a group, a community group that is in the trenches with you. 
So we know it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies. Some days it's going to be hard. Some days it's going to be even worse. So to have that community to fall back on, I think that's great advice. And then earlier too, you said, I'm, might be putting words in your mouth, but kind of trusting your gut. Like you knew earlier than the year mark that something might be off and no one's like mm-hmm. shaming you for not having spoken up sooner. But I mean, I might go as far as to say if anyone's out there and they kind of have that gut feeling that something's off and people are telling them, no, give it more time. Like go see your doctor, go ask questions. There's no harm in asking yeah. questions and doing some research and like taking those steps, taking the action forward. And even like you said, you even gave pushback when they were like, mm, we're going to have to cancel. No, let's see if, let's see if I can push back. You're shutting the door. So I'm going to climb through the window and let's go do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got very lucky with that. Being able to do that and having my therapist give me the strength to do that. <laughs> so. Sometimes you need more. That's smart to have in your life. Um, so we're, wrap it up here um is there anything just in general that you wanted to for sure say to our audience or any type we kind of talked about encouragement in the last question but is there any lasting advice or things that you'd want the audience to know if they're struggling with infertility this is probably weird advice but I'm I, I don't even know if it's necessarily advice it's just um just the feelings that you're feeling are valid. You know, I think a lot of people try to, um, when, when, when you are struggling, you know, they, they try to see the happy rainbow, like, Oh, don't worry. There's this solution or you could do this instead. You know, they kind of just make you feel can sometimes make you feel like, Oh, it's not something that I should be worrying about or should be this upset about. But, um, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, dwell in your grief by any means, but, um, your feelings are valid and, um, you are allowed to feel that grief and that, that despair of what's going on, but, um, find a solution for it too. There are solutions out there. Um, and it's, there is support out there as well. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to talk about with someone that doesn't understand, you know, or doesn't go through it. So, um, it's, you know, there's the feelings are valid for it. It's, it's a tough thing and it does expect it to change you as a person because it does. And it becomes part of your story. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of what, what you're going to write about that. You know, where, where can that take you? Yes. I, I love the phrase that our battles become someone else's roadmap. Um, And so we can link some of this information in our show notes, but are there specific websites or uh, groups or places if someone's like, okay, I need to start doing some research on finding, like where would you direct people to start researching or connecting with others? Definitely um, Resolve, which is the National Infertility uh, Organization, but anything that whenever you're doing, if you are going through infertility and you're going through specific testing to find out what's wrong, any there's so many different types of diagnoses with infertility. You can easily research support groups for specific diagnoses like PCOS, 
um, azeospermia. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there's just a lot of endometriosis. It's it's out there. The support groups are out there, even for second infertility. You know, I mean, struggling with miscarriages those support groups, there are very specific support groups for it. So um, look for them. They are there. That's good to know that they're very niche to your specific situation. Yes. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your vulnerability and that you're priced that and lots of people will get to hear your message. So thank you so much for doing that for us and for them. Yes. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.